Test, test, one, two, test. Check, 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 check. Yeah, it's, it's recording now. Yeah. There we, we go. go. All right. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So it's it's been a minute since we had you on. 2019, I believe, was the last time we had you on. Was it? Wow, yeah. Time flies. Yeah. So Thanks for having me back. Well, of course, we had, you know, that one year that just fucked everything up. <laughs> 2020. Yeah. That's right. A lot of people aren't even counting that as a year, you know. We restart in 2021. <laughs> Right, just omit 2020. But I think you got a lot accomplished in 2020. Yeah, I um, I got lucky uh, to a certain degree because I got on the road to uh, interview and film with uh, 16 badass dudes and was managed to pull it off in one run, you know, from coast to coast, 11,000 yeah. miles and 16 dudes in 30 days. I don't think I even slept. Could have been 17, you know, you could have stopped here in uh, <laughs> Nashville. Yeah, I should have. Next time. We'll do that in uh, season two or season three. I'll give you some uh, deadly combat farting skills. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come room. with my mask. My pandemic mask will be ready. There you go. I saw that video. Uh, You're showing how to make your own homemade pandemic mask. That's, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was my attempt at being uh, funny. For uh, pandemic people, it was it was it was much enjoyed and needed. So we appreciate the, <laughs> yeah. the humor there. So Leadheads, yeah. uh, we just started our conversation here. Uh, this is my guest. In case you haven't figured it out, this is Clint Emerson. He um, is former Navy SEAL. He's an author. He's a badass. He's an um, entrepreneur. We had him on, like I said, a couple of years ago, 2019. I think it was. Uh, Got it written down here. Episode three twenty five. So if wow. you if you leadheads want to go back to that episode, we talked about his. Uh, it was a new book at the time, the right kind of crazy. Yeah. Which uh, during that episode, Clint, I had offered to give this, you know, pay it forward and give it to one of our listeners, and we did a giveaway, and I never, I never heard from him, so I still have the book. <laughs> <laughs> the right kind of crazy. Um, yeah. So they never claimed their prize. So too bad for them. I'm keeping it now. Yeah. Uh, but you've you've had an opportunity, uh, like you said, since then, you've been working on your series of books. you got 100 Deadly Skills. Uh, yeah. And this is the third in that series, uh, Combat Edition. And I'm really excited to talk about this because we kind of uh, talked a little bit about it there uh, in the beginning of our conversation. You went across the country interviewing and videoing with 17 of the world's most badass people. And uh, you've got some tips and tricks in this book, and I want to talk about that. We're going to talk about your book a lot. I also want to talk about your van that you – that you because we were talking about those um, the last episode, uh, and you got me hooked on that website, Van Life. Yeah. Or, or Instagram, whatever it is. Uh, and, I, you know, I see those posts all the time, and it's just the most amazing – uh, conversion vans and vehicles that people have converted into, you know, just like their living facilities and they're amazing. They are. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a bug out vehicle and it's, it's like hipsters and, you know, a lot of your flower loving hip, hippie people that uh, kind of really are the majority of your van life. But the way I looked at it, I was like, man, no, this is a great way to travel the U S it's, it's, it's a step down from like hundred percent RV kind of stuff, yeah. you know, cause you can do some stealth camping, you know, you can, 
you can literally park anywhere and sleep for the night. And not park probably, in a Walmart parking lot and be covert. Yeah. <laughs> you can get away with neighborhoods wherever if you do a fan because it just kind of blends in with the with the neighborhood better than an RV. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a cool little world. Well, plus they're not as bulky as like a big ass RV, and those things are hard yeah. to find a you know a parking space for. But I do I want to talk about how you've uh, kitted out your your van, and I want to talk about that too. But first, we got to thank our sponsors of the Talking Lead Podcast, uh, our good buddies over at Caltech keltechweapons.com uh, we made the announcement last episode that they will be hosting the lead quarters for the 2021 nra in houston so we're excited nice. about that uh so go show keltech some love i don't know how much you appreciate uh, bringing the talking Lead podcast to the uh, houston to the nra and uh, we'll have more announcements associated with that because as you know we always do kind of Really cool giveaways and, and promotions uh, for special events like NRA, like SHOT Show, uh, so on and so forth. So we're looking forward to that. So big thanks to Caltech. Uh, if you haven't heard about their new pistol, they've got a P50, which is a 5.7 by 28 millimeter chambered pistol. Have you seen that one yet, Clint? No. You got to check That's it out, man. It's it's futuristic looking. Hmm. <laughs> Looks like a space gun, but it's a top load and it uses the uh, uh, the P ninety mags. Ah, um, so it's I gotcha. Is there is there ammunition? Can I buy ammunition right now for that? I, I don't think it comes <laughs> with the ammunition. Uh, so <laughs> ammunition yeah, it's hard is hard to come by. Ammunition. Is there primers? Can I get primers anywhere, please? Prime, I mean, casings. <laughs> I think they're they're more uh, valuable than Bitcoin is right now. Well, no, it's crazy. You know, some of, some of that uh, cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. You probably need that kind of return for to buy that ammo. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's the state of the world that we're in right now, you know, with back-to-back-to-back um, crisis, I guess you would call it. You know, yeah. um, here in Tennessee, we had some huge tornadoes that came through right before the COVID came in. So we were dealing with that, and some other areas of the country were doing the same thing. Then the COVID hits, you know, I hold my finger quotes up, the COVID pandemic yeah. uh, scarce. And then, you know, we got the new administration. So, yeah. Um, for the gun industry, the firearms industry, uh, you know, sales have been good, but it's been mm-hmm. impossible for them to keep up with it. Um, so, everybody's panic buying and stocking up, and it's hard to find guns and ammo these days. Yeah, it is. Hard time. Need some nine mil. I just want the simple stuff. Can't even find it. <laughs> I just want some nine, baby. Shit. <laughs> Give me some nine. Right. Uh, I got this new magazine in uh, from a company, uh, ATI. I had it here. Oh, it's behind me. It's a 60 round uh, AK 47 mag. Oh, it's got some girth. Uh, yeah, it's like triple stack kind of yeah. deal. Uh, I took it out and shot it. They sent me another one because the other one uh, malfunctioned. So I'm going to try this out. But they didn't send ammo with it. So <laughs> until they send yeah. me some ammo, you know. I'm, I'm, yeah, I have a feeling there's a lot of uh, a lot of guns, a lot of magazines out there people have bought. And they're all sitting around going, where do, where do I get the ammo? <laughs> right. Yeah, or I'm not spending that kind of money on the ammo. The ammo's out there. It's just expensive as hell uh, Yeah. when you can find it. 
but yeah, that's like that's like going to the stripper bar and you know throwing out Benjamins. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> every time you shoot around through that. Heck yeah, I bet that weighs a lot too once you load it. It does. It's it's pretty. It's not too bad though. This is an AK Mac, so this is for an AK forty seven. Um, yeah. But it wasn't that bad. But it's a booger bear to load because that spring. You can imagine the tension on that spring. Oh yeah. Your thumbs. Yeah. Get, uh, you get to about you know round forty, huh? Uh, twenty was. <laughs> <laughs> twenty was already getting. Twenty tough. was like oh shit damn. Oh wow. Yeah. Whereas a thirty round, you know, it's thirty round mag. It's just yeah. You pop them in there and no problem. But this one on twenty was already getting. Like shit, let me try the load assist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how can I get these in here better, easier? Yeah, that would be a great invention if somebody could come up with uh, like a speed loader for that. Maybe they they're in the works for one of those. Uh, but we saw a squirrel there. So Mission First Tactical, another sponsor of the Talking Lead Podcast, um, thirty round AR mags, which I had one of those here too. Uh, I don't have it handy. I lost all my stuff, but. Uh, you can go to Mission First Tactical, get 30-round mags. You can get our uh, tactical dump trays there, which we're using them for our um, smithing, gunsmithing needs. So you can put all your parts and everything when you're disassembling your guns oh, yeah. uh, on there. Very resilient to the, the chemicals and whatnot that's used to uh, clean your guns. And uh, you can get those there at Mission First Tactical. You can get your own logo put on them, too. They'll put them on there. They're ink-injected. So that, hmm. that's not going to scratch off on there. Very, yeah. very resilient, tough. Give me some of those. Uh, along with their other AR accessories, use the code LEADHEAD. You're going to get 20% off. Special just for you talking lead leadheads. Uh, and then seal one, when you want to go and disassemble and clean those those guns, you want to use seal one. This is a former Navy SEAL, Dwight Settle. Do you know Dwight? Yeah, I know Dwight. No kidding. Yeah. Is it Dwight? I didn't know he had that going. So he's com- going on conv- co- uh, competing against old. Uh, what's the other one? Frog Lube. Frog Lube. Uh, I don't. I don't know which one came out first. Because Seal One's been out for a while. Is it? Uh, yeah. But uh, bio friendly, uh, all natural green materials used in that. It's not gonna not gonna hurt you, and it actually smells pretty good too, Clint. Yeah. I like the the smell of it. It's kind of a minty. Smell like Dwight. <laughs> smell like the, out out in his beach house with the breeze going through his hair. I like um, it. It's kind of mintyish uh, smelling, but yeah, mm. yeah. You could even like frog lube. You know, said so you could put it on your lips and there you go. But, but they don't recommend that. Uh, clean your guns. <laughs> it's great for uh, corrosive protection. So for your uh, your marine tools and uh, you boaters out there, fishing gear. All that's good yeah. for protecting that kind of stuff too. So check cool. him out. I haven't seen Dwight in years. Uh, he was on uh, with Jack. We had him on with with Jack. So I should have got him on with you. Yeah, that's all right. I'll tell Next him. Time. I'll tell him you said hey. Yeah. Uh, but go check him out uh, and use the code. Uh, theirs is Leadhead. Also, I try to keep it simple. So use the code Leadhead. You can get twenty five percent off. Any of the products at uh, seal1.net. So there you nice. go. Uh, we'll hit some more sponsors a little later. And we got more discount codes, too. we got all kinds of discount codes for our listeners, Clint. A lot more nice. than, than last time when you were on. So we're just trying to trying to hook them up, get them through these uh, tough times. 
with uh, all the prices being jacked up. It's not just the firearms industry, it's everything. You know, everybody's having a, a tough time getting supplies to make their, their products. Yeah. The supply chain yeah, has imagine. been choked down. So we're going to talk about Clint's new book, 100 Deadly Skills Combat Edition. And I think it will probably come into play with our jack wagon train. With some of the jack wagons that we've got on our jack wagon train this week, Clint. Mm. So let's let Gunny bring that train in. Um, so Gunny, bring that train in. Hoorah, simplified do or die, hold them high at 8th and nine. It is time for the talking lead jack wagon of the week, so brace yourself, baby. He brought the train in, stationed. My jack wagon this week uh, has to go to six crooks armed with gun, knife, invade Bronx apartment. They tie up occupants, steal over 20000 in cash, and 75000 in jewelry. So you kind of mm. see where this would tie in with with uh, your book. So if these people had your skills. Oh, yeah. So the story is six crooks armed with a gun and knife pushed their way into a Bronx apartment, tied up the occupants, and stole 20000 in cash and 75000 in jewelry, police said Tuesday. The victim, a 45-year-old man, 35-year-old woman, answered a knock at their door in an apartment building. Uh, it says the address there. Uh, four men, two women pushed their way inside with one crook pulling a gun and another brandishing a knife. The invaders bound the victim's hands with electrical tape, slashing the male victim in the head and neck. As the bound victims watched helplessly, the crooks ran off with cell phones, about 22k in cash and 75,000 worth of jewelry, authorities say. The slash victim refused medical attention. And the female victim was not hurt. So he must not have been hurt too bad. Uh, there's actually surveillance video. They've got video of this. Uh, and, of course, Crime Stoppers, they're asking if you know and can give some some tips to arrest these people. But, you know, it looks like kids in their early 20s or so. They got the hoods. They're wearing their COVID mask. I mean, they're being safe about it. <laughs> yeah. The advantages of wearing a mask. Um, but with your book, with the 100 Daily Skills Combat Edition, uh, and your other two 100, uh, yeah. 100 Deadly Skills, you know, you give tips and tricks on, you know, things like this too, situational awareness. What, uh, what are some things that these people could have done to, uh, you know, prevented this? Well, I mean, I'd have to go back i mean before there was even a knock on the door i think we can all agree either the husband or the wife has a big mouth you know or something to let people know that they had twenty five thousand dollars cash and all this jewelry so exactly whether you're uh getting your hair done or talking to friends or on your cell phone being loud in a bar you have to assume someone's always listening people are always judging and scrutinizing you um without you even knowing and that's called third party awareness so you have to be aware of third party awareness and uh so that's the first piece right don't let don't let anybody know what you got going on you know um you got to learn how to put the ego in check if that was the case i don't know um and uh kind of keep what's near and dear to you on the down low uh, i think the, the biggest obvious the, uh, the other obvious one is you know, not only they they had they 
they let some information out, but they also let people know where they live somehow, some way. Now, these days, is it difficult to find out someone's address? No. I mean, a creative bad guy can figure, figure these kinds of things out through surveillance, um, by following them and learning where they live, or just using social media, where people like to post a lot of different things. And just in a few pictures, you can almost determine exactly where they're standing or where they live based on just some pictures. So you got to, you know, it's a very holistic approach to preventing intelligence and information, personal information, you know, to prevent it from getting out. You have to really put some forethought into it these days because not just the pictures themselves tell a story, but, you know, the picture has metadata attached to it. The metadata can have your geolocation of where the picture was taken. Um, it can have the kind of phone, the kind, you know, aperture, focal length. I mean, it tells them everything they need to know about the image and where the image was taken. So there's a lot, lot of stuff you got to protect these days. So you got to take that into account. I think the next piece is, you know, once, you know, you obviously let everybody know you've got something worth stealing, you somehow let someone know where you live, uh, and now you got to knock at the door, which, you know, right off the bat, <laughs> why would you answer it? <laughs> right. And most doors I mean, have peepholes, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. hell, everybody has technology too these days, like ring, right? You could have yeah. a ring doorbell. Well, it looks um, like that's oh. what they had on this because there's actually, there's video up above the door, you know, yeah, videoing down at the the people. At so, the entryway? Yeah, at the entryway. So I'm assuming they had some sort of a, uh, a video yeah. surveillance. And, you know, that's that's a good point because a lot of us, um, everybody, technology is readily available. It's pretty cheap these days. You can What used to be for, you know, the rich and famous, now anybody can have a full-blown surveillance system yeah. in their perimeter, interior, wherever you want to put it. So, but the, the bigger issue now is you have so much technology running into our phones and alerts. We have calendar alerts. We have alarms. We have amber alerts. We have all of these different alerts. Weather, yeah. Um, and, yeah. And so let's say you've got your camera set up. You have certain areas of your house or perimeter geofenced. If anything walks into that geofence, then it's going to send you a JPEG or video or whatever. It's going to alert you. Um, but the more you more alerts, the more sensitized you are to those alerts. Now you're desensitized to what is an emergency or what is really, what really matters. And, um, and then on top of that, you can have everything under the sun delivered, right? Amazon, yeah. food, your groceries. And what do they do? They Almost the door. same day, some of the stuff. Yeah. And so all of that combined now makes people um, completely complacent. And they go and answer the door without even looking through the peephole or leveraging all that technology. <laughs> so my guess is they're used to having stuff delivered, you know, and maybe these uh, these bad guys were counting on that. And, uh, you know, wearing a mask, once again, gives the bad guy an advantage that they, uh, they didn't have before. Um, ID quality just isn't working anymore. You can't even get on your, your iPhone anymore without pulling your mask down or typing in a code. So, yeah, yeah uh, the door knock. Don't answer it. Um, I'm thinking that probably these people knew these these people because the girls are, are going up without their mask covered, their face covered, it yeah. looks like in the video. And they're like, hey, it's me, you know, your buddy or your niece or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, 
and they let them in, and then these the, it looks like the dudes come up behind them, uh, and maybe they let them in. I I don't know for sure, but yeah. that's just kind of what it appears appears to me. And I guess it's really hard to defend against somebody that you know and trust. Um, yeah, and that's that, and that's a that's a special situation right there. You just gotta you know hope you're uh, surrounding yourself with good people or. Maybe there's a babysitter. Maybe dogs. Your friends better, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or your family. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, without seeing the video, but I'm I'm kind of talking generally anyway. I mean, these are all just general. Yeah. Well, let's say they're nice confronted little, at the front door, you know, and it's somebody. Hey, what do you want? You know, and then they're trying to force their way in. With uh, the 100 Deadly Skills Combat Edition. Yeah, uh, I've seen several. Um, of these techniques that would come into play, uh, you can't see it. I've got the, the yeah, you got it. <laughs> I was trying to hold the book up, but it's right here. So, um, wh- what, which one in that situation would you think would be the best tactic? Yeah, I, I mean, there's two people in the house. Obviously, you got multiple bad guys, um, and the door acts as a funnel, so which allows you to almost take on one person at a time if you can respond that quickly. But like the first person in the book that I highlight and his skills, Tony Blower, you have to weather the ambush before you can get in the fight. And there's a reason why I put him first is that way, giving people the skills to turn their natural startle flinch in and, and then weaponizing it, right? That's what Tony masters. And that is, if a box is dropping out of a closet, your hands automatically go up to protect your head. If somebody scares you when you're walking around the corner, your hands tend to come up and kind of cover your head. Right. So you're taking that startle flinch and you're weaponizing it and turning it into this big, you know, blocking force, right? So if somebody's coming at you through a doorway, boom, you're, you're hitting them with the big spear system type block. And then... Now you can go to the rest of the tools in your fighting toolbox. It could be something boxing-oriented, like a jab, a cross, something like that. Or you could uh, the next the next uh, piece of information in combat edition is like krav. You get a little bit of krav skills. It could be some open hand strikes, some head butts, some elbows, whatever. Um, so what I did is tried to put everything in kind of a order from non-lethal to lethal, right? Makes sense. Um, but in that situation, if you leverage, you know, kind of like what we hear about the Spartans, mm-hmm. right, at, at the Hell's Gates, right, they just, they said, it doesn't matter how big the army is. If we put them in a funnel, we're going to be fighting 300 versus, you know, less than 300 at a time. <laughs> I just right? watched that movie last night. Yeah. What a coincidence. And so yeah. you're using the same philosophy in fighting. You're, you're trying to stack your opponents in line with one another so that you're only having to fight one at a time. And so that's the key, right? So in that particular scenario, you got the door, it's the funnel. Now you got to start taking out one person at a time. But additionally, now you also have a barricade, which is the door itself. So if you can just take care of number one and slam the door, Ideally, you don't even, you know, you don't want a bad guy in your house, but one is better than five. And if you can keep them all out, then you should do so. But, you know, once again, when there's two worlds, there's the situational awareness piece, of course, that we've already talked about and making sure you're 
paying attention, but there's also tactical decision-making, which is uh, the opposite of clinical decision-making, right? Mm -hmm. Clinical is you got plenty of time and uh, no stress. Tactical, you have no time and a lot of stress. So that's why it's important. You know, that's why it's so important to think through things um, when you're not in the middle of chaos, right? Just run these scenarios through your head. Think about that that story. You know, that's a that's a great one to go it's by. It's a great Does learning story, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, what is it? Cautionary tale? Is that what they they call them? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Great cautionary. Don't do tale. what they did. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but again, we we don't know the complete. Um, yeah scenario there you know everything behind what was going on but to me it looked like they knew the people they were comfortable with them they let them in and uh, they took advantage of them yeah that's kind of kind of what it sounds like to me but you know beware the delivery guy (laughs) that's right yeah so uh that's my jack wagon right there uh anybody come to mind you want to throw in the jack wagon train you got any jack wagons anybody uh you know catch you off in your your rv or <laughs> <laughs> we had a tornado i mean when i was traveling through uh where was it nebraska mm-hmm. yeah we middle of the night oh you shit. Know, just cruising to our next destination and off to our right is this funnel just turning up and we we're like oh time to exit you know and we got off and uh you get some shelter did you get some video of it you know, I think my camera guy was trying, but it was it was so dark and it was pouring rain. Mm-hmm. And the only way we noticed what was going on was when anytime lightning, you know, it would highlight the area. Yeah. And then you knew what was up. And then we had these alerts come over. I think it was our phones. And then I had the radio going. And uh, they were talking about this tornado. And sure enough, it was out our passenger side window. So we got out, got underneath the parked underneath a bridge for a split second. Then I saw some other uh, structures and buildings just down the road. And luckily for us, the tornado was, you know, it was going to go the other direction anyway. But yeah, that was... Yeah, you uh, never can tell with a tornado because those things will turn right. on a dime, man. Unpredictable. Yes, they are. That was kind of... That was a road trip fun. Was that early on in your in your travels? I think it was... Yeah, it was in the first half. First, first half. half, yeah. We started on the East Coast... Um, knocked out a lot of guys there. Uh, then we went up to, uh, Ohio, hit a couple folks there, uh, and then just kept continuing across the United States, eventually getting to Vegas and then up to Idaho and then came down the West coast. Um, and then back to Texas. So yeah, it was one big circle of America. Very nice. And when did you start that tour? How long did it take you to, to do your tour? Yeah, we literally uh, left on, now is this time last year? You know, close. May 1st, and then back home by June 1st. So it was 30 days, 16 guys, 11,000 miles coast to coast. I mean, if you do the math on that, when you're spending a full day with each guy. Yeah. Is that all you had with each one? What's that? Is that all you had with each guy was uh, one day? Yeah, it was one one pretty decent day, yeah. Yeah. Some shorter, some longer than others, but for the most part, a day, yeah. How long did it take you to set set this up and organize it and, you know, 
pick the 17 uh, experts that you wanted to feature in your in your book how long did that take you to to just like all right i'm doing this combat edition and these are the guys i want in it it was i'm um, sure you had to i mean it was probably tough to narrow it down because you know a lot of a lot of badasses right i mean there was a lot of guys um I, my list was bigger than than the 16 even though that's kind of an odd number or it's, a, it's an even number but you know i didn't round it to 20 or 10 or you know yeah um but i probably started asking guys probably nine ten months out and then at the six month marker i had narrowed down like all the yeses and then let everybody know may 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 you know do not you know i'll be on the east coast early may i'll be on the west coast at the end of may then as we got closer i you know narrowed down the actual days with each guy but the pandemic i mean it really did play a big part in this because i don't think i would have been able to you know pull that off again like right now everybody's back on the road again right yeah most of these guys are running training courses all over america so uh, yeah, the pandemic and keeping people at home certainly uh, helped build this book. Very nice. I mean, that's one positive thing about the yeah the pandemic. Um, but I mean, you've got some some really famous people in here as well, and some people that we've had on the show too. I noticed uh, as I was going through there, uh, some friends of the show. Um, yeah. The the sixteen people, and this is one hundred. So you've got actually one hundred daily skills that that you've got in here. And what I really like about this is that it's not just, uh, you know, a sit down and read and, you know, you're visually trying to, to picture these maneuvers and you've got some great illustrations. Your illustrator uh, did a really good job on the illustrations, but what's really cool about this is you've implemented technology in your book and you've got those QR codes in there. And for each, um, uh, for each skill you've got, an actual video, a real live video that you filmed. And, uh, with my phone, I got a, an Android. I had to get one of those QR code readers, uh, but it works. Oh, yeah. Uh, but for, for most smartphones that people who are up to date, you know, mine's probably 10 years old. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you just turn your camera on and scan that and it takes you right to the, the video. And right. I really thought that was a cool way to do a book and, uh, just kind of, because you're sitting there and looking at a book, you know, all day long too, as you're reading it, because you want to, you want to keep reading, it breaks it up, you know, and it makes yeah. it more enjoyable and it gets you up because you want to get up and you want to, you know, try these maneuvers out. So I really liked that part of the book that you did. I thought that was really smart. Yeah, it was, um, a, a, it's a clash, right? It's a clash of old school and new school in, in one, uh, one item, one book, right? I mean, pe some people like to read, some people like pictures, some people like video. And um, I knew, wow, you know, I remember QR codes coming out several years ago, and they kind of they kind of failed. They fell on their face because yeah. not enough people had smartphones. Now, everyone has a smartphone, and once again, the pandemic helped the book. I mean, QR codes were not being heavily used prior to. Uh, the pandemic. Now they're yeah. everywhere, right? Because everything's touchless. Yeah. I was and using so, them. Uh, I did real estate. I was using them in real estate. So I would have the oh, okay. QR codes on signs and websites yeah. and stuff that people, and yeah. Yeah. And uh, 
So very effective for the right, you know, for the right uses. And I think, like you said, you capitalized uh, perfect timing with the the pandemic. So lucky. Yeah. Are you seeing a lot of? Are you seeing a lot? Does it track how many views you get? Like people actually use the code? Because I know ours, you could track how many people. Yeah, so analytics analytics has come a long ways these days, right? So you can run the analytics on every single video. Um, and then, you know, inside the videos, you know, it's once you get there, it's no different than any other kind of almost YouTube channel. You can leave comments and like and, um, you know, and take advantage of uh, some of the guys have discount codes attached to each of their videos. Oh, sweet. Uh, that, that stuff's still getting updated, but, yeah, you're, you're – you're, reading about the skill you're seeing the illustrations the step-by-step on how to do it and then of course you watch the video and you're getting all the details that words and illustrations cannot capture so the next best thing would be you know they do the qr code and then you show up at the front door and and teach it (laughs) when's that coming when's that coming man (laughs) yeah that would be cool that's some uh yeah that's some that's definitely the you know that uh, yeah that would be a more expensive book that's for sure <laughs> yeah. or what you could do is you could have like you could have that in one one book one edition one lucky yeah. one lucky reader would get that they scan it and then you would come to their house personally that would be yeah yeah that'd be fun that'd, yeah, be, that'd be fun maybe some kind of sweet maybe we can do a giveaway like that or something you could bring uh uh zoltan with you and yeah. He bring yeah, five finger death punch and have a concert. That's right. You can have them playing music in the background while you're doing a hundred deadly skills. While you're yeah. fighting with Clint. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> How cool would that be, man? I would love yeah. that. Um Zoltan's awesome. Yeah, and you know, I knew that he was into this um, you know, the self defense and the jujitsu and kung fu and all that. But I didn't yeah. I didn't realize how deep he was uh into it. So that was that was really cool. So that got me researching him a little bit more. Once I saw him right. in here and that, and you posted um, a tease on your Instagram the other day too. Right. I was like, yeah, Let's... he's um, you know, anybody who doesn't know Zoltan Bathory, he's a you know, he's a rock star, an immigrant came to this country not speaking a word of English, uh, with a guitar slung over his shoulder, didn't actually uh, pursue any of the mu- music the music side of his capabilities and actually was like a consultant up in New York city for a while learning English, uh, while he was doing all these kind of like interesting consulting jobs. Um, and then, you know, one day he decided, all right, it's time to start, you know, maybe, uh, chasing down his dream. Um, and him and another guy were scribbling on a napkin, you know, like, you know, Five Finger Death Punch would be a cool name, right, for a for a band. You know, and they just kind of t- talking about it, different names of bands, and uh, that was the one that stuck. And, uh, and the rest so, is history, as they say. The rest is history. Now he's got Five Finger Death Punch, multi-platinum records, and, uh, you know, he owns two other bands as well. He's a really smart business guy. But, uh, you know, the obviously the other piece of him is he's a, you know, he's a black belt judo guy brown or black uh, jujitsu um so he's a very capable fighter he uh he's also one of the army certified combatives guys um and obviously a huge supporter of the military and that's where most people know five finger death punch is because they literally pick their tour sometimes in america based on 
where the bases are, um, you know, so that the largest number of military can come and um, watch them thrash on on the stage. So, there you go. That's awesome, awesome dude. Awesome guy. Yeah. So speaking of uh, Zoltan, he is our Leadhead Brigade hero for uh, all the support that they show our military men and women. So nice. Five Finger Death Punch and Zoltan, welcome to the Leadhead Brigade, Lead Force One. You are heroes <laughs> this episode. <laughs> nice. Zoltan. It's got a cool name, too. He does. Is that like real or did he just, that's my stage name kind of deal? Yeah, that's his. He's like Zoltan Bathory. <laughs> I don't know. <It's, laughs> if he's got a real name, I don't know it. That's what. That's the only name I think he's got, but I'm not sure. I mean, that, that that's a good one. I like it. It fits yeah. in with the five finger death punch too. It does, yeah. Now, did you get to? Um, well, you. Were, I know you said you only got to spend like a day or so. Did uh, Did they do any jam sessions while you were there? Were you able to? No, I, I literally, yeah, went to Vegas, went to his house, um, and hung out with them all day. And what's interesting is this is a rock star, and it's not to knock any of the other guys, but I mean, he literally was like, "Let's hang out." all day i mean we started in the morning and we didn't leave Sweet. until well into the afternoon early evening you know and he he would have just kept on going um so to have someone like him just basically give all that time in the world and um but i think it's it's really shows how passionate he is about martial arts because yeah. you know people want to talk to him about his guitars and about his music and about his band every single minute, right? Yeah. It's not it's not too many people that want to hear about his martial arts background, his capability as it relates to fighting and combative. So I think that, you know, was uh obviously it's 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 what it's what allowed us so much time with him is because it is something he's truly passionate about and loves and enjoys. Yeah. Would love yeah. to have him on the show. I'll let him know. Man, yeah, he's yeah, he's uh he's one of those guys that uh he you know he's not shy. So I, I'll yeah, see, uh, I'm sure he's not. <laughs> but <laughs> that's that's the kind of stuff we like talking about the music and the fighting. So I mean, he would fit yeah. in perfect uh, on the talking lead. Now yeah, another thing that you did story. interesting in this book was you you have the the badass, and then you've got their opponent, the evil um, dude. Yeah, uh, what are you calling him? The bad, the well, I've got the, the enemy, the, the badasses versus the enemy, the enemy, the enemy. Yeah, our real life bad guys in history. Yeah. So, how did you pair up? How did you say, all right, I want Zoltan to fight this dude. I want Jason to fight this dude. I want. How yeah. did you pair those up? Um, well, I started with the obvious ones. So I've got the former Delta Force guy fighting Saddam Hussein. Right. Mm -hmm. Because it was the Delta guys that kind of found him and took him down. Right. Um, I've got uh, a SEAL uh, obviously going up against bin Laden because it was the SEAL community that, you know, took, took down bin down. Laden. Right. So you kind of see like then I had the next kind of layer of, you know, process of elimination or comparison was, OK, Krav. Krav Maga is Israeli. So, of course, I had the Israeli martial art go up against Hitler. Um, which, <laughs> makes sense. you know, makes sense and, and a, a little bit of a tribute, you know, to the Krav guys. Um, and then I had the one percenter, you know, the motorcycle outlaw guy go up against Chapo. Cause I feel like they're always battling over territory. Uh, yeah. 
And uh, sometimes the whole drug world and, you know, the 1% world kind of overlap from time to time. So, um, but yeah, it it was, um, it was kind of fun pairing them up and, and, and making sure that like military targets were with military guys and then civilian bad guys were with kind of like counterpart civilian, yeah. you know, Epstein is my favorite. I've I was going to say, you, how, you know, Jason, how did Jason <laughs> feel about getting paired with Epstein? He probably liked it. <laughs> yeah. Just throwing knives at his, at his face. So, you know that, but yeah, it's a, the other piece too, is there's a lot of other popular bad guys, but when you talk about illustrations, I had, I kind of went with bad guys that people would recognize, mm-hmm. right? I could have put a Ted Bundy or, you know, any of these other serial killers, but the reality is most people don't know what they look like. If they were illustrated, they would look at the illustration and go, who is that? And I wanted to make sure I picked bad guys that were recognizable right sure. off the bat. You know, so are there people worse than Charles Manson? Yes. But Charles Manson is very recognizable. Right. And so, um, yeah, so that was the other kind of piece of building it is making sure that, you know, people would know who the hell well, it makes it was. it makes it fun too. Yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. Miles A. Dong. Real bad guys getting their ass kicked by real real badasses. Yeah, you got Miles A. Dong in there. Um, was it the Somalia Pirates? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, all of our more popular bad guys over history. They're in there. Yeah, they're in they're there. in there. They're in. Do you now? Do you have like one hundred different bad guys, or or do you have like? Some guys fighting, well, of course, there's 16 people, so you'd have 16 bad guys, I guess, then, right? Right, right. Because gotcha. each guy provided anywhere between, you know, three to, you know, 13 skills to make up the 100, so. Now, did you take part with them in the videos, each one? Were you there with them personally yeah. doing the, the demonstrations on every one of the videos? Yeah, some of, some of the guys, I was the punching bag. Other guys had... Um, one of their, you know, uh, students or sidekicks to help out. Like, great story, Zoltan, right? We're at his house. He's got a little MMA room. And uh, he's like, so, you know, do you want me to show this stuff on you? And I'm like, uh, yeah, we can do that. He's like, oh, no, no, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. And he, like, starts texting. And uh, I'm like, he's like, yeah, I've got a, I've got a Gracie staying over on the other side of the house. I'm like, <laughs> Gracie, you have a like like Gracie Jujitsu Gracie family member staying on the other side of the house. He's like, yeah, 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 Kion, Kion will come over. He's coming, and so you know, within a couple of minutes, here's Kion Gracie walks through the door. Six, (laughs) this kid is like six foot two, three. You know, he is a you know obviously a a Bellator competitive fighter right Right. now, right? You know, he's a. He's quite the badass, and he comes walking through the door with his with his gi on, and he's like, you know, real quiet, silent operator kind of like, okay, what do I need to do, <laughs> you know? And it's, it's like he um, sleeps in his gi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just wears it around all day. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's, yeah, it was, let's go, it was pretty cool. I was I was sitting there like, wait a minute, this is like completely, uh, you know, this is one of those unrealistic things, you know. That you're, here's a rock star and a Gracie. And now they're throwing each other around in front of me at the rock star's house. Right. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm ready for uh, my next book to you know, right. <laughs> to do I mean, this again. Like, completely surreal, completely surreal. And uh, what a privilege. How what, many what generations awesome. are there of the, <laughs> the Gracie's now in the, the MMA? Well, it's connected back to their grandfather, you know, down. In, yeah. 
He, uh, he's really the guy. And they, you know, if you follow any of them, they kind of throw tribute to him pretty regularly, oh, yeah. especially anniversaries and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, and it's a big family too. There's a lot yeah. of, uh, a lot of Gracie's, um, but they're royalty, you know, and, obviously in the Absolutely. fighting. MMA world. We yeah. had a uh, hoist on, um, a couple of years ago. Um, he's a big yeah. hunter. He's into hunting. He likes hunting. Yeah, I've noticed he's come become kind of a tactical guy, right? He's, yeah. he's got a line of holsters or a holster company or something. I wouldn't I be know. surprised if he's got, yeah. you know, all kinds of everything going on now. <laughs> right. Yeah. But interesting, interesting cats, definitely. So as you you know, you're traveling around the, the United States and uh, you know, you're you're doing these, which which one would you say um maybe you learned the most from? You're like, ah, oh, I didn't really oh didn't really know because you've got a lot of training yourself talk about your your background yeah. for for those who I mean, didn't catch our first episode with you right I, I grew up doing you know i was i was kind of limited growing up overseas all they offered is when i was a kid and this is in the 80s you know it was taekwondo um and then ninjas came on scene ninjas were really popular in the 80s and i talk about those very regularly that's all i wanted to do was be a ninja right <laughs> and uh you know i don't know what kid back then didn't and you know, it's not like you can just go down to your local uh, martial arts dojo and learn ninjutsu. Right. <laughs> but, um, so that, and then once I got back to the States, then I got into uh, JKD, you know, Jit Kune Do, which, uh, you know, is the Bruce Lee martial arts. And uh, he basically took Wing Chun, pulled all the bullshit out of it, and created Jit Kune Do. And so. I really liked that. Um, it was cool. And then a little bit of Kali kind of crept in over time. Um, and then uh, college is when the Gracies came on scene, started crushing everybody. So, yeah. of course, I you know, started doing a little bit of jujitsu. And then I joined the Navy. And, you know, in the Navy, you get, uh, you know, a lot of different kinds of combatives training. Most of it revolves around, you know, you got your gear on, you got your weapon systems, and right. now you got to fight. Um, so, and then in my off time, I enjoyed boxing, really got into that. Uh, and, and still try to squeeze that into my schedule from time to time, even today. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my background, but all these guys, I mean, I learned an enormous amount from, from each guy because it was like a combatives sustainment training trip for me. Right. It's like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Right. Like, oh yeah. You know, if you're not doing it, you're not going to know it. And that's, yeah. uh, and it's it's that applies to everything in that in that kind of that tactical world, you know. And so, which one did you been, in all your training? Which one uh, d did you really click with, and have you continued to do? You mean with those guys? With? No, with the the different fighting styles, like the yeah jujitsu um, or I try, ninjutsu. I mean, <laughs> there's no particular art, I would say. I mean, if there's one that I'm I do more regularly than the others. That's box, right? I don't get out on the mats as much as I should, mainly because my joints are hammered, right? My hips hurt. Amen, brother. <laughs> yeah, shoulders hurt. Um, and I know you get out on the ground with someone, uh, I will end up injured again. So, um, whereas boxing, you know, it's on your feet and it's just strikes. It's four strikes. It's a jab across, you know, an uppercut, you know, and a, uh, um, and I just went blank. And, and, and your hook. Jab, so, upper hook, uppercut, hook, hook. Yeah. Uppercut. Yeah. And so, 
those four strikes and a series of combinations is why I like boxing so much. And it's kind of fun. It's a little like once you get out there, it's like playing chess, you know. Um, but that's what I keep up with probably the most, um, along with, you know, a little bit of blade work, you know, making sure you always know your draw with the blade and with your with whatever handgun you choose to carry each day. And I feel like as long as I keep those up and running, you know, then you're yeah. pretty you're pretty good for most things. Now, when you uh, were some kicks, some kicks. Now, when you were Jason, Jason Johnson, um, you know, he's foremost uh-huh. knife yeah. throwing wielding expert. Right. Um, what was, I'm sure he kind of showcased his skills for you a little bit. Did he do anything just like, you know, jaw dropping no, I mean, while you were out there? I, he never misses. That was probably the jaw dropping part. I mean, that, yeah. that dude, doesn't matter the distance. When he throws a knife, it sticks every single time. It's amazing. And, uh, you know, once he taught me, you know, the basics, then every time I threw, it stuck too, you know? And I was like, wow. I mean, it's, you, it's, it's not that I am good at anything for the first time. I'm not. I suck at everything the first time. Um, but his, his blades with his technique – it works extremely well. And like he says, the reality is it doesn't matter if it sticks or not. It's a one pound piece of steel. You're throwing at someone and whether (laughs) one way or another, it's going to inflict some sort of damage, right? Right. It's going to hurt. It's going to cause him to flinch and either you're going to run the opposite direction or you're going to draw your firearm, you know? So it's, it's a great tool that everyone should at least get some exposure to and think about, um, you know, in today's age, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt. Heck in some States, it, it might be, that might be your primary yeah. because of hand, handgun restrictions. So well, in you know, some countries, gun, you know, definitely, yeah. definitely in other countries. Right. Uh, hopefully yeah. we won't be following suit, but with all the shenanigans that are going on right now, um, you know, it's, it's amazing how all of a sudden all these mass shootings have started yeah. popping up again. Well, you know, you know, my, my primary job is teaching corporate America, like, you know, really how to protect, how to protect, I'm protecting employees, you know, with policy training and tools. But, um, you know, I don't think it should be a surprise to anyone that this will be the year of the active shooter because, you know, the pandemic has created isolation, isolation increases substance abuse, relationship issues, mental health issues. So you've got all those things on the rise mainly because of that isolation containment piece. Mm. And so, yeah, we're going to have an outburst of mass shootings and not just here, it's global, you know, mass something. It's, you know, whether it's a knife wielding idiot or somebody driving a car over people, you know, so it's uh, a good reason to, you know, definitely get your senses uh, on high alert, you know, and. So I was reading, Somewhere, uh, CNN probably, they said there's 150 mass shootings already this year. Yeah, that is, that's an FBI statistic. And is so that we FBI? Were, okay. We're, yeah, we're on our way to, um, you know, what people don't know is most years prior to the pandemic, you'd have three to 400 mass shootings per year, right? Most people just didn't know it. Yeah. So we're well on our way to probably having a record number this year. And it's just off gassing from, you know, a year and a half. Or- but, but, you know, last year, 
I don't, and it could have just been me. I don't recall again the attention and all the the news going towards the mass shootings. You know, there might have been a couple that they reported heavily on, but it seems like now, and of course with this administration in, you know, they're really yeah. pushing their agenda and putting it at the forefront of every news story, every news uh, station. Right. Uh, you know, they're putting it out there and it just seems like that's the reason why, because now they've got the administration in and they're pushing their agenda again. Yeah. I think you're nailing it. The media and uh, whatever administration is in decides what's important and what isn't, you know, right. It's not like these these haven't, haven't been happening this whole time. It's just, they haven't been covering them, reporting them. Well, while, while everybody was locked up, you know, violence went down, even with social unrest was up violence over overall had gone down for a while because people weren't out yeah well now <laughs> we're back out and you know and <laughs> back out we're are, mad <laughs> yeah people are definitely uh you know definitely going on the crazy side um, but like i said it only makes sense right you've been cooped up you don't if some people lost their jobs they don't have money uh there's a lot of all of the reasons why there are shootings to begin with have been exacerbated by the pandemic you yeah. know so it, it's common sense will tell you that, yeah, there's going to be more shootings because, you know, everything's been cranked up a notch or two. Yeah, and if and if you look at the ones that they're reporting on, uh, on, I guess, CNN, they start off in April, you know, and then they work yeah. their way all the way down, you know, to the previous shootings all the way to, it's like March 16th, which was the Atlanta, I guess, that mm-hmm. spa shooting. Right. Um, but if you go through and you're looking at these, you're like, okay, Chicago, Detroit, you know, these are all like the gang, you know, rough yeah. neighborhood, kind of the Memphis, Tennessee right here, you know, right here in my back, I want to say my back door, I'm in Nashville, but you know, Memphis is here in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you look at them and it's, there's a pattern there and it's this pattern that has always existed that they refuse to, to, to really look at as far as when, you know, when the, the, um, the violence occurs, the, the shootings or, um, what kind of violence is that called? Uh, <laughs> active shooter, mass shooter. Yeah. Just violence. And just, you know, whether they use a bad or man-made man-made crisis is. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's, that's what they're not really recognizing, uh, on this. No. They're just the saying, all right, here's mean- a mass shooting that fits our statistics. But those have always been there, and if you take those, it's always right. isolated to these three little, four little spots in the country where yeah. you, any day they want to go there, they could pick and they could get a, a mass shooting if they wanted to. Right, like South Chicago, right? It's yeah. always got something. We have the strictest gun laws in the world. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, that they they tend to ignore is they skip pistols, they go straight to assault rifles and make a big deal out of it, but... You know, when I was doing the research for the book, because we have pistol and rifle skills in there, um, you know, I, was, I dug way deep into that world. And what's what's interesting is when you talk about violent crime with the use of firearms, okay, not necessarily a murder or an active shooter, but anytime there's just a violent crime with a firearm. That's the word I was a, looking for, violent crime. <laughs> yeah, violent, violent, violent crime. crime. Yeah versus with a handgun versus violent or let's just say violent crime with a firearm 
versus violent crime versus a knife. Mm-hmm. Okay, when you compare the numbers, it doesn't matter whether it's pistol or rifle with the firearm assaults um, and knife. Knife comes in only about, I would say, maybe 10, 15% less than the firearm incidents. Now, when you break down the firearm incidents, the pistol is overwhelmingly the number one weapon of choice, right? Mm-hmm. But they always skip to the 30-round magazine, the 20-round magazine, and the rifle. The even AR. Though the majority AR. of violent crime is with a pistol, not a rifle. Now, that's using and, a weapon, but also, I've also seen statistics that you know, as far as bludgeoned weapons like a uh, a hammer or a bat or yeah. something like that, there's there's way more of those violent crimes that occur than anything with a a firearm. Yeah, I think what they how they labeled it was violent crime with edged or non wedged edged weapons, right? Yeah, and uh, and then you got violent crime with firearm, and they and then they break down pistol, rifle, and other. Yeah. You know, so. And then just fist fighting, you know, people dying from, yeah. you know, fist fights or feet, you know, more people die from that than firearms. Right. There's and violent a lot of, crimes. Yeah. They, they, it's, it, it's nothing, it, once again, no surprise, right? The media's yeah. going to pick and choose. It's very subjective. You know, that's all you got to, if you want to watch the news, watch the BBC. They usually give a little better of an unbiased opinion of the United States. Really? The BBC <laughs> does. That's shocking. Watch overseas stuff about America, and you tend to get like a less opinionated version because they're just going to go with, you know, the usually news. they go with just what they gather as what's important to talk about instead of, you know, splicing in three hours of opinion on some talk show, right? So, yeah. Yeah. I, tend to watch overseas stuff about us more often than I watch our own news. Yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing too. Like the like you said, the BBC, um, the other one. Um, sometimes I'll watch Al Jazeera, but uh, I don't I don't watch them quite a bit uh, as much. Yeah. Sky, BBC, those are kind of like the European um, based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's another one. It's not coming to me right now, but yeah, uh, that's another one that I would tend to watch. So, um, 100 Deadly Skills is at Amazon. You get it at Amazon, the Combat Edition. And then you go to your website also and get this. Is that correct? Or am I yeah, wrong? Yeah, so what I did this time around is offered the signed copies are through violentnomad.com. And then if you just want your own copy, you know, non-signed, you just go to Amazon like everything else. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So the signed ones uh, go to Violent Nomad. And you've got... Three different websites. You got Violent Nomad. You've got the 100 Deadly Skills, and then you've got um, the Escape the Wolf, right? Right. So the easiest website is clinemerson.com. That kind of holds the whole ecosystem of offerings, right? And then you can at, at clinemerson.com you can click to all the other offerings. So the easy way to kind of break it down is 100 Deadly Skills is basically books, you know, violent nomad is apparel and everyday carry items. Um, and then escape the wolf is corporate. Speaking of apparel. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Good friend of mine gave me that. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) That's the violent nomad shirt. Yeah, man. Violent nomad. Did you get the shirts I sent you? 
I did. I've actually, I use one of them, man, that, with whatever material type of I use for working out all the time. I'm telling you, it's the it's most like comfortable thinner, t-shirt ever. <laughs> yeah. I think mine are out of the same material as yours and it's super. Yeah, but mine's, you know, mine's more comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yours is better. Okay. The one with the original logo, I don't know what it is about that material, but it is, it's thinner. It's a little bit thinner than, uh, yeah, than these or the Leadhead Brigade ones. And it's just, it just, I don't know. It just hugs the body and, right. but it also ventilates it, you know, cause it's not. Yeah. But yeah, I tell people right. all the time, our shirts make even the fattest guy look like he's in shape. <laughs> <laughs> just or, the fit. Or they've actually accentuated my, uh, sitting on the couch, uh, COVIDness. Oh yeah. That could happen too. I've put on a, yeah. a few pounds. I gotta, I gotta get back in the gym, but, uh, we, we posted some, um, post on our social media letting people know that you were going to be on and ask you some questions so i want to go there now and All right. and we're going to do a giveaway to one of our lucky listeners uh, i did uh, some announcements we're going to give away a Gosley ar trigger nice um these things are probably a couple hundred bucks these days probably even more than that uh are they're hard to find Sweet. so if you would go to our uh instagram page uh clint and I'm going right. to pull up Facebook also. We've got questions on Facebook and Instagram. Sure. <clears throat> Let me refresh our post that we did. It's not the two videos that I did this morning. Those were live videos that I did. I did this um, episode prior to this with Nutrient Survival. Yeah. It's a, it's a food. It's a, one of those uh, survival foods. And oh, nice. uh, I made one up this morning and had it for breakfast. I had their uh, morning scramble, um, and it was really good. I enjoyed <laughs> it. Um, but go back to the previous episode as you're listening to this, uh, Leadheads, and uh, Nutrient Survival. Uh, they've got a great variety of uh, uh, different flavors here. So they've got something for breakfast, lunch, dinner. They got snacks, but it's all vitamin packed. So they've got vitamins in there. So it's not just a bunch of calories you're getting. You're actually getting protein, 14 vitamins, 14 minerals. You're getting your omega threes. Um, in every one of their packs, their their desserts and everything. So, and they taste good. You know, it's not like eating an MRE. They're they're pretty tasty. That's always a plus. Yeah, and we gave away two of those. Uh, during that episode, two of those variety packs to you lead heads. So let's go to this post that did. Yeah, I see some here with the picture of the book. Yeah, Oops, that background that, that I had. Couple, yeah, that's a couple of questions. Yeah, let's go there first. And Sack Archer says, What's your favorite fixed blade to date and carry style? Yeah, so prior to me coming out with the Outlaw, and uh, that's a that's a new knife that you can find over at Violent Nomad. Um, I still will carry my Violent Nomad, which we might what I call the Outlaw, mm -hmm. uh, and I also carry and a big fan of Bill Rapier's Amtac blades, the Northman. Now he comes in different sizes. Um, one of his originals is what I carry the most, which is it's a fixed blade um, with an extended clip on the sheath. So you can still carry it in your, in the, in the corner of your, 
you know, strong or weak side pocket, right? And it's an ambidextrous sheath. So you can put the knife in so that that handle um, is set up in the direction in which you do your draw. Uh, So, yeah, whether it's the Outlaw or the Northman are definitely my current. So the Outlaw, this is on uh, Clint's website, Violent Nomad. Uh, It's a... 0.156 0.156 thickness. Uh, you've got a CNC flat ground, black coarse textured G10 handle. The overall yeah. length 8.25 inches. You've got 3.55 cutting inch. It's uh, 5.6 ounces lightweight. Got a, a nice minimalist sheath. I like that. Yeah, you um, can put your own clip on there because I'm I'm kind of one of those. I, if it's a fixed center clip it doesn't necessarily work with how i carry or the way i move things around so i figure well hey anybody can put their ulti clip on there and be good to go yeah i like um, it. it's got a good look to it so that's a fixed blade yeah yeah it's uh we kind of the design wise i worked with uh um philo philo blades f-i-l-o blades and rob he uh I kind of gave him some ideas and then he went and turned it into a work of art. The thing's pretty cool. Yeah. I like it. So go check that out there, Leadheads. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Let's go um, to the next one. Iron Lord says, in your opinion, what is the most effective improvised weapon in a denied area? Well, denied, um, you know, having worked in denied areas, uh, one of the first things I would do is, Let's say I'm getting off the plane or I get into the country and denied applies to several things, right? How you define it really is the, 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 the question I would have back. So the two or three definitions, one denied is hostile. Uh, like, you know, you're going into an area that you're more than likely going to run into incident with the people, the culture, whatever, um, or bad guys. And then there's, then there's a denied, as it relates to foreign intel, meaning as soon as you land, you're probably going to have surveillance on you 24-7. So, um, but either one, uh, you know, I would, let's say, get off the plane, and my first stop would be to the supermarché or the souk or whatever they've got in the area, um, buy some snacks, bottled water. Um, you can, you know, you can buy kitchen knives anywhere on this planet. And a pair of shoelaces and, uh, you know, uh, going old school with the minimalist sheath. You can use the shoelace to anchor it to your belt, girth hitch it, and then you can still carry an appendix. And when you pull that knife, the sheath just drops and hangs from the shoelace tied and anchored to your belt loop. Um, So you can still practice and still have all that muscle memory just it's going to be with a different blade that you pick up at the grocery store, right? Yeah. Um, which are great. All of them come with a plastic sheath these days, right? Yeah. So it's a it's a it's economical. And if you didn't have a sheath, you can take a piece of cardboard and some duct tape and create your own sheath. Uh, so it's just about. So I would say that's what I did the most. As soon as I got into an area, I went and. And, and the reason I say, you know, buy some other, if you're going to buy a knife, you better buy a block of cheese with it. You know? <laughs> so always have a reason yeah. why you're buying the knife. And, uh, 
and go from there. But until I did Combat Edition and went down to Miami and hung out with uh, Joe Rabena, who is the master of canes, the cane now has become like one of my favorites, a tactical wood cane. Okay. That thing, um, number one, it's a weapon that you can carry that you don't have to draw. It's already drawn. It's already ready to go. Um, you can get the tip of a cane with very little practice up to about 150 to 200 miles an hour. Um, it's harder than a baseball bat and you can carry it anywhere on the planet without question because of HIPAA laws. I can carry that cane onto a plane. I can carry it into a church or school and no one is allowed to ask me why. But you just got to put your ego in check when you're going to go carry a cane, right? Because cane represents disabled or old or whatever is out there, right? And most people that carry canes. But the reality is, man, that is that is the ultimate. That's the way to go. Yeah, like a walking stick, walking cane, kind of thing. An old school cane that actually has a crook, right? Has that turn in it. Mm -hmm. So if the crook is pointing forward, that's battle mode. When the crook is turned backwards, that is just your everyday use of a cane. And so in the cane world, in that fighting world, they as soon as you turn that cane around to where the point or the hook is pointed towards the enemy, that gives you the capability to use the cane as a very deadly weapon. And all that's discussed in the book, by the way. I mean, 100 Daily Skills, there's a whole cane section that I think it will be very surprising to people. <laughs> I was I was blown away. I was like, okay, this is going on the lines of cheesy. And then I started seeing what he could do with that thing. And right. I was like, okay, there's no reason why, especially veterans, right? Veteran, you're all beat up, broken. You got a bad hip, bad knee, whatever. Carry one of those. And you will, you know, you will have the upper hand. Yeah. Uh, without the bag. Now he's not no. talking about those that have hidden knives or hidden guns and you know things like that. You're not going to get those through airport. <laughs> right. No, this is a tactical. It's a wooden cane. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you can easily All travel. Yeah. All right. Very good. Um, yeah. Go check. Go check out that book, uh, Iron Lord. Next question is uh, from Seaside Savage. What's the story on the Buck One Nineteen? Uh, oh, he's talking about the one in my picture that I posted. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know anything about it. So that is a personal gift from C.J. Buck himself that he gave me. He custom made this as a one of a kind. Nice Buck One Nineteen. Uh, I think you still have background mode on or something. Oh, it's no, all, it's let, me, all let me turn the background off. Yeah, it's been blurry on this side for. I should have told you that earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there we go. There you go. How's that? Yep. Now I see you. Yeah. So here's the uh, the Buck One Nineteen that he's referring to. Uh, oh, it's got okay. a Cerakoted blade. Uh, it's got the uh, extra grips. I don't know what that grip's called. Mm. Um, but he designed this specifically for me. He's got a leather sheath. It's good. It's got that old K-bar look to it. Yeah, it's kind of a K-bar, but it's Buck. Buck Knives mm-hmm. uh, made this. Uh, and they gave me a letter of authenticity here, too. It says, This letter is to affirm that this Buck Model 119 Special was made at the Buck Knife Factory in Post Falls, Idaho. which You were you were in Idaho. The uh, Cerakote finished blade is of 428C stainless steel and is stamped Buck 
119 USA with the date code marked for 2018 on the right-hand side. The guard and pommel are of polished aluminum with a spacer of red micarta in the guard. The handle is made from a black Zytel handle from a model 188 bayonet with a nice. top and bottom spacer of black G10 with red vulcanized paper uh, custom made for Marty, a.k.a. Lefty of Talking Lead fame. <laughs> That's awesome. I don't think I've read that before. That's That is good. Uh, and uh, signed by Joe Hauser, who made it, and uh, C.J. Buck. Very cool. That's a good deal right there. Shit. So that's the store. Yeah, that's just, they hosted us at the last last two or three shot shows. Of course, we didn't have it this year. We were going to be there again uh, this past year, and everybody knows it was canceled. Hmm. Uh, but we will be at NRA. I mentioned that early September. We're going to be uh, NRA. Keltex booth is hosting us uh, at NRA. So there's no telling what kind of badassiness we'll have going on there. Do you see any questions there that stick out to you that you wanna you wanna field? Uh, let's on see there? here. I think I think uh, Austin Wayland. Austin Wayland. Howdy, howdy, yeah, Austin. There you go. Texas boy. Um, did you originally plan to have Tom Mandrake do your illustrations, or did you plan on having comic book artists do the illustrations? So, no, I, I picked Tom. Tom is the illustrator of Combat Edition, and Tom is uh, he's, he's a pretty popular guy in the illustrator world. And uh, so he, he did the entire Superman versus Batman series for, for DC. He's done a lot of stuff for Marvel. Um, he is the guy who created Swamp Thing. Um, he oh, literally really? is a, yeah, he oh, literally okay. is a, he, and, uh, uh, let's see, Black Mask, he created that bad guy that was in the last, uh, Birds of Prey with, uh, what's her name? I can't remember that. Uh, yeah, her. <laughs> yeah, the Joker's girlfriend, that movie. Harley um, Quinn. Yeah, Harley Quinn's enemy in that second movie is created by Tom. So I mean, he is a—he's literally a legend in the, in the illustration world. So it was awesome to have him do the illustrations of all the guys. Let's cool. see what else is here. I like what that. We're getting—we're getting, we're getting uh, because we talked last time. We're both you know comic book guys, Marvel guys, DC guys. We're, we're kind of yeah. into kind of into that stuff, and um, with. Jack Carr, he had um, Ray. Um, what's Ray's last name? The read the read the guy that read the book. Um, oh yeah, Porter. Ray um, Porter. Right. Who's playing? Um, Dark Side. Dark Side. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Deathstroke. Was it Deathstroke? No, Dark no, Side. No, Dark Side. Dark Side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Dark Side. Deathstroke was. Um, I can't, the other dude. Yeah, I can't remember that guy's name, but. Right. That's cool. We got we got comic book ties with with uh, yeah. both these books. I love that. That's awesome. You got to. It's yeah. awesome. So on Facebook, uh, let's see, Mike Clark. Have you ever been able to use someone's gun against them? Hmm. Have I? Uh, I guess disarming hmm. them with their own gun. I think that maybe what he. I, I mean, I personally have never been in a situation like that. Now, weapon disarmament definitely is in, you know, books one and two and three. Uh, there's a little bit of that in all three books. So it's a skill that, uh, once again, you should know and hopefully never have to use. 
Um, and then there's the other side of it. There is being well-rounded with firearms to the point where you know how to use potentially the bad guy's gun, mm-hmm. right? So for us in the military, making sure you, you're good with CHICOM, the AK-47 type platforms in case, you know, you got to use a, a bad guy's gun in that capacity. So that's just, you know, being familiar with uh, different platforms of firearms just in case uh, you have to use uh, your adversary's gun against them. Very cool. Aaron Sweeney says, Mr. Emerson, what is your favorite bourbon to sip on while writing your awesomely badass books? (laughs) (laughs) Man, there's been a bunch of them. I think, uh, you know, the one that I probably, which one do I, I mean, to go with the most, like what's my most popular when I'm at the bar? Because I usually What's your go-to? Yeah. Mine's Jack Daniels. well, you know, that's where you get into the debate of whiskey, whiskey versus and bourbon, bourbon. Yeah, Tennessee yeah, yeah. versus Kentucky. Yeah. So a Kentucky bourbon, uh, I would say that's kind of the go to. Bullet. I like bullet. Yeah. Yeah. If there's not if there's none of those available, then I'll go to the whiskeys. But uh yeah, it's general. I'll just say anything Kentucky, I'll go with first and then Tennessee second. <laughs> See, what's happy hour, baby? <laughs> yeah. What's on happy hour? That's right. Uh, let's see. Let's take one more. Jonathan Gallup, giddy up. What's the weirdest situation where you had to use one of your 100 skills that you never thought you'd have to? I just hanging out at a backyard barbecue and boom, right into action. Oh, um, man, there's been a couple, um, but probably, um, Helping my buddy get rid of a body once was definitely on top of the list. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, oh, I dude. saw your eyes go, wait, what? Dude, yeah, I, I, I'm going to pay attention to this. Um, I was like, maybe I should stop recording. <laughs> rectal concealment is up there on the list. I, I, you know, you have to at least try it out. You know, I, the, the stubby cigar tubes, um, you know, I got to say, they're not as uncomfortable as it may seem. You fill it with all your little survival tools. But the, it was just to see if I could get it out, you know. So I, I highly recommend everybody try a rectal concealment. Uh, <laughs> you might find some pleasure in it. Um, but the real question is, will it come out? That's that's And so my curiosity got the best of me. And I was like, uh, yeah, yep, it does come out. So, hey, go No trips to the doctor, huh? Yeah. Right, that's that's book one. You know, used by magicians, you know, prisoners. It's called a prisoner's purse for a reason, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know you did it yeah. wrong when you make uh, Dr. Johnson's um, book of crazy things he finds in people's rectums <laughs> that is a uh, th- th- those posts that you see on on social media always make me wonder like what the hell were they thinking where you see like an arrow up somebody's ass <laughs> exactly it's like what why are you doing that? or a bowling trophy or <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's so odd what the hell another good one though just to answer that question even more accurately is oh. when i was in high school I'm walking down the hall. There was these two dudes that were always fucking with me in, in the uh, in my algebra class, and of course I had a smart ass mouth, so I'd always smart off back to them with something wittier, right? It just drove them nuts that if they called me dork, I was always like, "Why don't you shut your cock holster?" You know, so they didn't, they couldn't handle 
<laughs> coming back with such like violent verbal kung fu that as I'm walking to the classroom one day, I've got my you know my my writing instruments in my right hand. I got my books in my left, and I'm going to the class. I'm a little bit tardy as usual, and these two knuckleheads are standing outside the door waiting for me. So the hall is empty, and it's just us three. And um, the first kid, he jump, he he like lunges to tack to try and like tackle me, but he falls short. So he hits the ground, and his hands reach out. And kind of hold on to my ankles. And I'm like staring down at him. And I'm like, what are you doing? You know, it's kind of like this weird, awkward moment. Right. <laughs> Other guy is now kind of coming because the first attempt didn't really work out so well. So now the second guy gets involved. And now he truly is tackling me. And as we're, I'm falling to the ground, I'm taking the handful of pencils and pens. And I'm just stabbing them in the back with it as we <laughs> fall to the ground. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, of course, you know, end up in the principal's office. And I got you know, suspended for three days because you know, the pen and pencil, which I talk about in book one, how the pen is not a bad weapon to use if you don't have anything else. The right? pen is Stab. mightier than the sword, right? In That's more right. ways there than you. one. A couple examples there. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Um, all right. One more, maybe two more. Jerry Black. And I, I like this question. Do you have, or have you thought about having a weekend class here in Nashville to train like-minded individuals how to hone their skills. Yes. So I have a what I'm calling the Violent Nomad Challenge. And uh, I don't know when, but I already have it planned out. I already have it figured out. In fact, I was going to do it before the pandemic, but the pandemic kind of screwed things up. So um, it's coming, all right? And the, nice. the Violent Nomad Challenge will be a course to – not just learn, but test yourself. Um, and it's following three basic principles. You will, you will be taught everything you need to know, number one. Number two, you will have to demonstrate the skill back to your peers. And then number three, you will be tested under stress. Mm. And um, it will be awesome. Guys will dig it. They will leave emotionally upset. They will hate me. <laughs> But about two weeks later, they will be like, that was the best experience of my life, right? Yeah. And that's what I say about Buds. That's what I say about 18 Delta. When you're in it, you're like, man, this sucks. But on the backside, your confidence, your security, everything about you will be bumped up a couple of notches, no doubt about it. And I feel like that's the best way to learn. So I put together something super cool. It'll be a weekend type deal. Um, but yeah, nice. dates and plates and all that to be announced. Well, let's work on uh, coming to Nashville. We got a great place, great facility for you to uh, to do that here, Royal Range USA. Okay, they do a lot of hand to hand uh, combat courses and and what they've got the facilities to handle all that. All right, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine for sure, yeah. All right, last one. Uh, this is from Iron Lord. Another one from Iron Lord. Says, just decided to download your book, The Right Kind of Crazy. I'm looking forward to it. So there you go. Yeah, good. Um, so that book was a flop, mainly because it came out at the worst timing. So oh, really? It came out when the basically the Russian investigation came to an end, and then we rolled right into pandemic. And so all the publicity mm -hmm. I had lined up for it got canceled. And everything went to the virus. Oh, man. Uh, but I will say this now. <laughs> so 
so if we go over just real quick, we go over to Amazon and uh, we read some of the one star ratings. <laughs> okay. Uh, this would be these fun. are probably some of the funny. I just read, like, literally the other day, somebody said, Have you read those? And I'm like, Nah, I don't read that crap. Um, and let me read this one. I was, it didn't bother me too much because everyone's got an opinion. Sure. But, uh, I love how Amazon puts the one stars first. Uh. <laughs> so this one guy's like, one star. Title of this uh, comment is Waste of Money. The biggest issue I have with the book is that everything I wanted to read and the reason for buying the book was redacted. I wanted to read about the missions, but none of that was, in, was printed. So I had to read about childhood uh, torturing Saudi cats. Uh, he just kind of goes on a rant half-truths about his marriage, disgusting things guys do to each other as pranks, um, how effed up his mind is about wanting to find a psychopath for special ops missions. <laughs> uh, this, this guy is a joke. Oh he may gosh. have been a great seal, but I didn't get to read about all of that as a person I didn't need to know any of it. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I have gotten ripped apart on some comments. I mean, it still has a 4.7 rating or whatever. I mean, it's got it. a high rating there. You got 557, uh, looks like yeah. comments that, that people have left, um, there, but yeah, the one, so why are you saying it's a flop? It, it, why was it a flop? Just the numbers? Well, yeah. Numbers really. It's, it's, that's what it boils down to. And, and, and the guy's right. The United States government, highly it was highly redacted and it, it was, was subjective yeah and it was yeah. but you know what was entertaining about that was the fun yeah. that you had with the redactions so yeah. <laughs> if you would go down and read his comments after the redactions yeah um those were priceless and you know worth well worth the the price of admission to me <laughs> we talked about the, yeah. the the last episode um yeah, some people just don't like kind of dark, sick, twisted humor. And that's that was also built into the book just based on yeah. childhood and teen guy mentality. Like, we're not exactly like – like well, I always tell people, people have this vision of SEALs and operators as kind of like knight in shining armor. And I tend to compare more to just dirty, dirty pirates, you know. <laughs> so, you know, it's uh, – it's Yeah, a, you got that, kind of the stuff. Captain America clean Boy Scout, you know, kind of – Yeah, which what is, people picture you as, but – you, you clearly yeah, there are some, spell it out in this book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a different kind of memoir. And that's what, yeah. yeah. But it's, Most, it clearly states my life as a Navy SEAL right there, my life. So, I mean, how do yeah. they not know that you're going to be talking about your life in this book? But, <laughs> but apparently he read it. So, well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even your I worst critic is your best marketer, you know? Right. Yeah. Usually. <laughs> <laughs> usually. Well, there's still yeah. time, you know, there's still time, you know, it's just like, um, you know, those TV shows that don't hit it off. And during the pandemic, they became, you know, oh yeah, just Tiger King, yeah, the uh, Shit's Creek. Yeah. Shit's Creek was like a, one of the biggest bomb, I think, TV shows. And then once it got posted on Netflix, it became like, yeah, just cult no gold. Uh, and it's a, yeah, the pandemic took a bunch of stuff to the next level that would have never been known about. Yeah, yeah. you're right. So, so leadheads, be like Iron Lord. Go and and it's never too late to go get his 
and this is your first book though. The right no, kind of crazy. The memoir memoir came that was yeah. heck, that was just 2019. Yeah. 2019-20 is when it came out. So it's it's still a new book, really. Yeah. And it's on audio too, so you can get it on on audio. Who reads your books? I read mine on the audio. Oh, you did? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the memoir I did. They um Maybe that's why I skills. Just... skills. It's not worth getting an audio book for, but um airdrop. Yeah. Yep. Memoir, uh, though I certainly, I certainly read that. That was a migraine and a half of five days, eight hours a day of reading your own crap. <laughs> so, I was gonna say, have you gotten yeah. any offers to read anybody else's book since then? No, I don't know that I would do that. You That's could be the next Ray Porter. Come on. Yeah, right. <laughs> you got a good voice, man. You got a real good voice. Yeah, I appreciate that. But it is a good book. I mean, uh, I read the book, and as I said, you kind of. This is kind of what got me back into into books and, and reading and the audio books, uh, was this, um, because I, I wanted to read it for our interview and I really enjoyed it. And like I said, reading it, I mean, in my childhood, I was kind of a little shit too. And <laughs> it, yeah. it reminded me a lot of, you know, my childhood too. I was like, eh, I was kind of that way too. Right. That was the goal. That was the goal was just to relate to people, not, not try and ooh and awe you with, cool missions i know people want to hear and read that but i also wanted to just show the human side the human aspect to special operations and guys like me so yeah that was a, that was the goal well i think you delivered well on it so you're not going to be disappointed in that book either leadhead so go check it out yeah. you can get it on uh, amazon as well but definitely the 100 deadly skills series uh you're not going to want to miss and especially the combat edition um, the other ones, you don't have the videos. This is the first one you did the videos in, right? Correct. Yeah. First yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. So that really, uh, I think, will definitely set this apart and well worth the money because you get the book and you get the videos. And you can't have access to the videos without the book. That's right. So you got to get the book to get access to, to those videos. So um, go and do that. So our questions, I think we had uh, – and I apologize, Leadheads, for making a late post on this. I should have posted it uh, over the weekend to give you guys time. Um, but let's go to Instagram and Facebook. And typically what I do, Clint, is uh, just pick a number between, let's say, 1 and – I don't know how many we got here. Let's say 1 and 30. Mm -hmm. And I'll just start on either Facebook or Instagram, and I'll start counting down and, until we hit that number. And that's who the winner's going to be. So okay. if you want to pick a number or you want to do a random number generator, however you want to do that, I'm going to give you the honors of picking the number. And then we'll start on, uh, let's start on Instagram this time. I think I started on Facebook last time. And uh, as of this recording, whoever's made the post, that's where they're at. So we'll start there and do the countdown. All right. We'll go with uh, 17. 17. There you go. So. Easy. Let's start at the top. I'm going to refresh. So here's one. Come on, scroller work. There we go. One, two, three, four, five. Wait, did I say Instagram I was going to start on? I'm not sure. I think I said Instagram. So let me go Instagram. We'll start on Instagram first. I was on Facebook. 
So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Then we'll go to Facebook 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. And you said 17. I think there's mm -hmm. some more comments over here. 14. Then I'll go to the Instagram video because some of you posted questions on that video too. Uh, 14. 15, 16. And then we'll go back to Instagram. 17. <laughs> Who's the lucky winner? And it is Iron Lord. Wow, look at he knows your tricks. He's just putting himself everywhere. Um Yeah, it's Iron Good Lord. Job. I want to make sure. Good so job, there you Iron go. Lord. Iron Lord, thank you for the uh, participation. All you leadheads, thank you for the participation and the questions and the comments. Uh let me just check email, make sure nobody emailed me anything in the meantime. Because some of my listeners like to email. Uh, so nothing as of this recording. So everybody, that's everybody. Iron Lord, congratulations. Shoot me an email, talkinglet at gmail.com. You won the Gosley AR Trigger. There you go. Nice. Good job. Congratulations. Shoot me your contact info, and uh, we'll get that to you. So is there anything else you got coming up that we need to be aware of in the world of Clint Emerson? Uh, I've got a couple of books and, um, you know, podcasts coming out. It's not out yet, but uh, people can go and listen to the first season, um, which is Can You Survive This Podcast? I've taken over as host. Uh, the first guy did a great job setting it up, so you can listen to it at iHeartRadio. Um, Stitcher, Spotify, all the... All the other places. Um, it's a fun format. It's interview. And then also like different crisis scenarios that we put our guests through. So oh, you'd be perfect for that. <laughs> I think that's how I ended up with the job. Is that how you ended up with it? <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a good it's a good. Uh, I like it. The the guy the seal prior to me, he did a great job setting it up for success. And then uh, yes, yeah, so now I'm the host and. Hopefully, we'll take it to the next level. So, Very cool. Uh, Is that going to be like a once a week, once a month? How often are those going to come out? They should be kicking off season two, which is me, will be season, well, uh, sorry, will be every Tuesday um, starting, I believe, end of May, early June. Okay. Are they yeah. going to be, are you going to be doing them live or are they going to be recorded and then posted no, every Tuesday? Yeah, they're pre-recorded. Uh, they'll go live on all audio platforms on Tuesday and then YouTube on Thursday, Friday-ish. Gotcha. Well, yeah. That'd be good. It's Can You Survive This Podcast? That sounds fun. Um, yeah. I'll go check good. out the, the first season there and then looking forward to you hosting the next. So do you, you just have like uh, certain personalities, like famous people on and, and ask them how they would get through certain situations? Kind of. Yeah. It's so um, it's, it's run by a production studio out in Hollywood, Calvary Media, and the two producers who started Calvary – um, or the guys that did like, uh, Captain Phillips and 50 shades of gray. And between the two of them, they've, they've got quite the, uh, resume of, 
you know, both uh, big TV shows and big movies. They did House of Cards, that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. So they have an audio, an audio division. Um, the audio division has, uh, I think, a dozen or more podcasts. And Can You Survive This Podcast was, I think, their, num- their internal number one show. Um, cool. And so they line up the guests. And usually it's, you know, it's astronauts. And I think this year we've got astronauts. We've got uh, NASCAR drivers. We've got some A-listers. We've got some of my friends. Um, so there'll, there'll be a, a variety of people on there um, of all walks of life. Uh, the first part is kind of a you know, interview, but, you know, because I'm a little dark and twisted, I take people, the interviews <laughs> a little different, I'd say, uh-huh. <laughs> definitely entertaining. Um, and then, and then the second half is we put them into a scenario, you know, it could be uh, a hostage scenario. It could be, uh, some kind of natural disaster. Um, it could be, you know, this could be a game just, show, man. This could- it's uh, it's got the game. People can, and it's and it's a decision tree format. So the answer A or B, and then that determines, right? It determines uh, the next question, the next answer, and how you answer determines whether or not you survive this podcast. <laughs> it's so like a, it. it's like an escape room kind of thing. Yeah, and but the goal really is that's through cool. the, through the questions and through the answers, um, the listeners will get to learn. Like yeah. okay how to get yourself out of these certain situations. So it'll be a lot of fun, fun way of learning the skills that I I push on a regular basis. Right. And getting different walks of life, like astronauts or like NASCAR drivers, like you said, in in their fields and their professions and, you know, catastrophes or whatever they may encounter. So yeah, that'd be really cool. Hey, if you need a (laughs) co-host. Yeah, we might be able to pull that off someday. Lefty would love to do that. That sounds. Okay. Like my cup of tea right there, man. I love that. Very cool. So Leadheads, check out Clint, uh, all his websites, everything coming up. Uh, You got ClintEmerson.com. He's uh, at, is it Clint Emerson or 100 Deadly Skills? I do Clint Emerson and it comes up. Yeah, you can, just my name. Unfortunately, you can find everything about me. (laughs) (laughs) For you uh, corporateites, if you want him to uh, train your team, uh, EscapeTheWolf.com. Right, you can go there and for his awesome swag. And he's got he's even got a knife now, his own uh, custom knife. You can go to Violent Nomad and uh, you can pick up the swag there. And uh, as you, if you're watching on uh, on our YouTube, you can see the the shirt I got here, Violent Nomad. Love it, very cool, awesome. Uh, Clint, um I want you to come back on when you get this podcast started. Let's push and, and promote it and talk about it. I can't wait for that. Is yeah. that going to be this year when that starts? Right. I've been recording already. Um, we're, we got four or five shows already under our belt and, uh, um, and I'll be, I'm, I'm recording guests every week or I mean, multiple guests a week. So this thing will go live in June, this June, you know, oh, okay. this next month or so, month and a half. Nice. So that's coming up. Yeah, so something to look yeah, forward to. Yeah, I've got a, to. a promo video that uh, trailer that will be coming out soon, and it's turned out super cool. So I'll make sure I tag you and yeah. everybody else, and let the world know about this thing. Hopefully, come out, come out swinging. Absolutely, man, that'd be cool. And that'd be one of those that'd be enjoyable to watch too. Are they going to video it too, so you can 
kind of like yeah. I'm doing now. Right. Probably a yeah. lot better production than, than what I've got. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, they are a production studio, so it better be damn good, right? right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if they want to pick up Talking Lead and put it under their label, I'd be happy to, to talk to them about that. Yeah, all right. I'll bring it up. So yeah. I mentioned earlier we're Marvel fans and you know comic book fans. We mentioned that in the, the last episode. Have you been uh, catching up on the, the Disney uh, Plus episodes? And You know, I'm behind on some of the shows they just released. Um, uh, but I do plan on going over there and checking Winter them Soldier. Out. Yeah. Yeah, I've got the app. Falcon. Just, just keep forgetting to actually use it. WandaVision. Yeah. Uh, you'll you'll like them. Check. They're, they're pretty right, cool. cool. Yeah. Check them out, definitely. All right, Leadheads, uh, until the next episode, go show Clint some love on his social meds, his website. Uh, go and order the book, 100 Deadly Skills Combat Edition. And uh, shoot me an email, talkinglit at gmail.com. Let me know what you think about it. Uh, give me some, some, some of your feedbacks and uh, any, any questions that you have for Clint, maybe that we didn't get to cover today. And uh, we'll try to get those answered for you through the emails. Uh, again, you can always reach out to him on social meds, too. I forget, you know, you can just touch people on in, instantly on the social meds nowadays it's crazy That's right. i might not respond but you can always reach out <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm bad about that it's nothing against anyone who reaches out <laughs> yeah, so until then leadheads as always keep your loved ones close and my guest will say and your firearms and closer. your firearms closer there you go and your deadly combat skills home that's right through yep. uh, 100 Daily Skills Combat Edition. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Lefty. I hope to come on again soon. Thanks, man. Take care.